सन्नो मित्र संवरुण सन्नो सन्न इंद्रो बृहस्पति सन्नो विष्णुक्रम नमो ब्रह्मणे नमस्ते वायो प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्मसे प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्म वदिष्यामि सत्यं वदिष्यामि तन्मामवतु तद्वक्तारमवतु अवतुमातु वक्तारम सहनावतु सहनो भुनक्त सह वीकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मेषावै ओंदसमृषभो विश्व छंदोभ्योध्यमृता संबूव समेन्द्र मेधया स्पृणत अमृत देवधारण भूयास शरीर मे विचर्षण जिह्वा मे मधुमत्तम भूरि विश्रुव ब्रह्मण कोशोसी मेधया पिता श्रुत मे गोपाय अहम वृक्षस्य रेरिव कीर्ति पृष्ठंगिरेरिव ऊपवित्रो वाजिनी वस्वृतमस्मे द्रविंगुंसवर्चस सुमेधा अमृतोक्षिशंकोर्वेदाचनम पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादाय पूर्णमेव वशिष्य श्रुतिस्मृतिपुरा आलय करुणाल नमा भगवत्द शंकराचार्य केशव बादरायण सूत्रभाष्यत वंदे भगवतरात्मे गुरुरात्मेदि मूर्तिद विभागिने व्योमद्यादेहाय दक्षिणामूर्त नम अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम 
అఖండం సచ్చిదానందం అవాంగ్ మనస గోచరం అవాంగ్ మనస గోచరం ఆత్మానమఖిలాధారం ఆత్మానమఖిలాధారం ఆశ్రయే భీష్ట అర్థతోప్యద్వయానందాన్ అర్థతోప్యద్వయానందాన్ అతీతద్వైతభానత అతీతద్వైతభానత గురూనారాధ్య వేదాంత గురూనారాధ్య వేదాంత సారం వక్ష్యేయమదే సారం వక్ష్యేయమదే శమ శ్రవణాదివతిరిక్తవిషయేభ్య మనస నిగ్రహ దమ బాహ్యేంద్రియాణాంతద్వతిరిక్తవిషయేభ్యవర్తనంతరిక్తవిషయేభ్య ఉపరమణం ఉపరతి అసవా విహితమణా విధినా పరిత్యాగ ఉపరతి ఉపరతిషన్ ఉపరతి మీన్స్ అబైడెన్స్ <coughs> to ram means to dwell or sport uparama means cessation of all the sporting our sense organs in the mind are sporting with the sense objects and when they stop doing that when they cease from doing that when they remain abiding in the self that state is called uparati or uparamanam <coughs> or as the author gives an alternate definition విహితానాం కర్మణాం విధినా పరిత్యాగ ఏన్ అబెండన్మెంట్ రిన్సియేషన్ ఆఫ్ ఆల్ ద యాక్షన్స్ విహితానాం కర్మణాం నాట్ ఆల్ ద యాక్షన్స్ బట్ ద ఎంజాయింట్ యాక్షన్స్ ఎన్ అబెండన్మెంట్ రిన్సియేషన్ ఆఫ్ ఆల్ ద డ్యూటీస్ ఆల్ ది ఎంజాయింట్ యాక్షన్స్ ఇస్ ఆల్సో కాల్ ఉపరతి విచ్ ఇస్ వాట్ విచ్ ఇస్ నోన్ సన్యాస ఆర్ రిన్సియేషన్ బికాస్ ఇట్ ఆల్సో మేక్స్ సెన్స్ sanyasa is a lifestyle here understand uparati or sanyasa or renunciation is a lifestyle the idea is that that is a lifestyle that is conducive to the pursuit of knowledge because we are pursuing knowledge of the self and what is the nature of the self self is free from all actions self is actionless by nature and therefore it makes sense that there should be a lifestyle which is also in keeping with the very nature of the self meaning what we are doing should be in keeping with what we want to become or what we want to know thus it is very clear that if i want to discover the self that is of the nature of knowledge if i want to discover the self that is of the nature of love well it should be done only through a lifestyle which reflects love if i want to discover the na- the self which is pure the lifestyle should also be pure in this case what i want to be is what i want to know is what i want to be in case of the self what i want to know and what i want to be and what i am all of these are one alone becoming and being both of them are one normally becoming the person is trying to become other than what the person is at the moment 
In case of a scientist, for a physicist, for example, when he is investigating into atoms or molecules or whatever it is, he is not atoms and he is not molecules. He doesn't have to become atoms or molecules that he is trying to know. And therefore, his lifestyle and values need not reflect the nature of atoms and molecules which he is trying to investigate. And that's the reason why there can be best professors, best scientists, but their life need not reflect any morality or whatever it is, because what they are has nothing to do with what they are investigating. Here on the other hand, the self which I am investigating about is my own self, and therefore I, the investigator also, in order to tune up. We must necessarily tune up with what we want to know. Like, when you want to know, or when you are investigating an object that is extremely small in dimension, then use what we call a microscope to tune up with that. If you want to know something that is very far away, then use a telescope to tune up with that. So how there is a need to tune up with what we want to know? And here also, we want to know the self. And therefore, there is a need to tune up with that. The frame of mind should be agreeable to the nature of self, like a transistor. How do we tune up with a given frequency in a wavelength and then we receive that music? And so also our mind should be tuned up to the object of knowledge, in this case the self. The self happens to be pure, it happens to be free, it happens to be of the nature of love, it happens to be of the nature of joy, it happens to be free from actions or any involvement. That is the nature of self and which is a self that I want to know. And therefore, I, the knower, should also be similar to approaching that very nature of the self. There must be a tuning up between I, who wants to know the self, and the self as it is. If it is pure, my life must reflect purity. You cannot get away from it. Very often Vedantins believe that our lifestyle has nothing to do with knowledge. You know, after all, Atma Brahma is pure. Brahma is actionless, Atma is Brahman, everything is Mithya. And therefore, what does it matter what my lifestyle is and what my values are? But that's not right. Because I am what I want to know. And therefore, there has to be a tuning up. There has to be an agreement or a compatibility between the knower and the known. I must become compatible. And therefore, if the self is pure, my life should be pure. If the self is uh, straight, truth, self is the nature of truth, there should be truthfulness in my life. If the self does not harm anything or anybody, my life should reflect non-violence. If the self is of the nature of accommodation, because it accommodates everything, my life should also reflect accommodation. Self is pure, my mind should also be free from likes and dislikes and impurities. Makes sense. Self is actionless. My life also should be free from at least activities which are meant to become something. So Lord Krishna defines sannyasa in Bhagavad Gita at one point. Kamyanam karmanamnyasam sannyasam kavayo viduhu sarva karma phalatyagaha prahustyagam vichakshanaha In the 18th chapter, Arjuna wants to know the the uh, meaning of the word tyaga and sannyasa. Generally they are used as synonyms, but tyaga generally means abandonment or giving up something, and sannyasa means giving up for good. 
Then Lord Krishna gives the practical definition. Kamyanam karmanam nyasam sanyasam kavayo viduhu. The wise people say that giving up all the desire prompted actions is sanyasa. Not giving up actions per se. You may require actions in the form of worship. Actions which are required for self-purification. Actions which are required in order to pursue the knowledge. All those actions are quite all right. But actions which are performed as prompted by desires, they should be given up. Sarva karma phalatyagam prahustyagam vichakshanaha. And what is tyaga or abandonment or giving up is karma phalatyagaha. Giving up the results of the fruits of, I mean fruits of one's actions. <coughs> so Bhagavad Gita all along teaches us renunciation. Atma is renunciate. Atma is parivrajaka, you know parivrajaka, the wandering, one who wanders. Therefore also in India the monks are wandering monks. What does the wandering show? Wandering shows that there is no attachment, no identification in any one place. With any one setup, that's all. You wander. And there are stipulations about the, the life of, of a wandering monk. That a monk should not stay in one place for more than so many days or so many hours even. You know, different kinds of disciplines or stipulations are there. What is the purpose of that? Purpose is that you are unattached to anything or you are unconnected to anything. Asangatvam. Asanga means unconnected, unattached. Atma is asanga. Self is unattached, unconnected. If my life shows all kinds of attachments, then naturally I am not in tune with the self. So, self is non-violent, self is truthful, self is accommodation, self is unattached, self is inaction, self is pure. My life should reflect this. And don't think that you can get away without it. You can get away with any lifestyle, you cannot whether east or west. In the West, we may not be able to practice sannyas or renunciation the way we practice in the East. Okay, that will not depend upon a particular social setup. The spirit should remain. My life should reflect sadhu means a person who is simple, whose needs are minimum. That is a sadhu. Sadhu means a simple person. My life should reflect simplicity, minimum needs, minimum dependence, minimum of demands, minimum demands, minimum dependence. Minimum needs, simplicity, our life should reflect that. Because Atma doesn't demand anything. It's very simple, simpler than the simplest. So our life should, that is why, by sannyasa, let us say that, a certain lifestyle is required. Whether sannyasa is interpreted as wearing orange robes and living in a monastery, etc., or an ashrama, whether we necessarily stick to that definition of sannyasa or not. We should say that sannyasa is a lifestyle which is conducive to discovering the nature of myself. A lifestyle which reflects certain values. Which values? Values which are in keeping with the nature of the self. Let's call that sannyasa. You can wear your jeans and you can wear all your whatever you're doing. That I would not say that that necessarily disqualifies you from being a sannyasi. As far as I can see, although difficult, you can live in home also and, and be a sannyasi. Although more difficult, that's why these seekers of knowledge require a certain atmosphere also. Because it's not very easy for us to remain renunciates while living in home, amidst the 
you know, amidst all kinds of uh, attachments and objects, it is difficult. Therefore, they do recommend a life in a monastery with a teacher. Therefore, these students used to be called Antevasi. Antevasi means those who live with the teacher. They live the life of celibacy, live the life of simplicity, life of serving the teacher. And so all these, a lifestyle, and therefore a place and a certain setup also is required, practically speaking. Theoretically, you don't require any setup. You can study Vedanta wherever you are, but it's not that easy. It's difficult to chant Hare Rama, Hare Rama on Times Square, you know. However, you know, after when you are in that place, it's going to influence your mind. So place also is important. Therefore, Lord Krishna says, Vivekta Desha Saivitvam Aratir Jana Samsade. A love for solitude. Aratir Jana Samsade. And also a freedom from the need of company. Aratihi. So, there is a need for a company on the part of the people. He says a freedom from that also. A love for solitude. That doesn't mean that you become an isolated person. That doesn't mean that you become indifferent to people or, you know, no. You can remain the same pleasant and cheerful person, but an abiding person, self-sufficient person. So all these values are told. That shows that a certain atmosphere is required, a certain setup is required, a certain lifestyle is required, certain values are required. These are must. And without that, there can be no knowledge. We can study all the scriptures and repeat them and do all kinds of things. But if our life does not reflect these things, then this is not going to be assimilated. And so the talker will be different from what is talked about unless there is an agreement between what I am and what I want now. <clears throat> so that is why sannyasa. So understand sannyasa is a lifestyle conducive to the pursuit of knowledge. And therefore, that lifestyle can be different in different societies, in different cultures, in different social setups. That lifestyle may be different. We will not insist upon a particular kind of robe or a particular kind of place, etc. But the spirit that is there in this life of a renunciate, that spirit is very important. And that applies wherever we are. It's not that because I'm in the West that... Uh, I need not follow these values, or I am in the East that I need not follow. No, East and West, the spirit should be the same. Because Atma is the same in East and West. Even for a Western person, the self happens to be same, Satchidananda. For Eastern person also, the self is Satchidananda. Otherwise, we can't even relate ourselves. The knowledge, is, the self is the same. Beyond time, beyond place, beyond every condition. And it is the same everywhere. That being the case, what is written hundreds of thousands of years ago uh, is equally still applicable to us because the truth is the same. And therefore, the spirit of that lifestyle, sannyasa, is a very important thing to understand. Mm -hmm. And therefore, Shankaracharya in particular even emphasizes a need for this that one must renounce. We would say that it is something that should happen. Renunciation is not something that you can force. Renunciation is something that should happen. If we are sincere in what we are pursuing, and if we are sincere about the values, then automatically, as we study, and as we assimilate, automatically we become renunciers. 
Because what is who is renunciate? A person who is self-sufficient. Basically, when we renounce things or give up things, what we are giving up is dependence. What we are giving up are attachments, dependence. As long as my security depends upon so many things, I cannot renounce. An insecure person cannot renounce. To the extent that we discover security and self-sufficiency within our own self, to that extent our dependence upon things necessarily goes. And thus we discover the freedom or independence as we go along with the teaching and as the teaching is simulated by us. So it's not that we force a certain lifestyle upon ourselves either, but we understand that this has to happen, that things drop off, the dependence drops off, the needs drop off, the demands slowly and slowly drop off as we discover an inner sufficiency. <coughs> so uparatihi, call that uparati. Shamaha, damaha, uparatihi. Shamaha is restrained to the mind, damaha, are restrained to the external sense organs, and uparatihi is a culmination of that restraint that one discovers a self-sufficiency within oneself. When the mind becomes centered upon the self, when the sense organs become centered upon the self, to the extent that they are centered, to that extent they discover their inner poise or inner silence, and to that extent we, di we discover an inner self-sufficiency. Person who has discovered a self-sufficiency, let us call him a renunciate regardless of where he lives and how he lives. <clears throat> now continuing the discussion on the sixfold qualifications, next is passage 22 on the page 12. <clears throat> Titiksha Sitoshnadi Dvandva Sahishnuta 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 means endurance. Of what? Dvandva. What is Dvandva? The pairs of opposites. Which pairs of opposites? Sitoshnadi. Shita means cold. Ushna means hot. Shitoshnadi, hot and cold, or heat and cold rather. So Dvandva, Dvandva means the pairs of opposites. Sahishnuta and endurance. Endurance of the pairs of opposites such as heat and cold, that endurance is called Titiksha. Titiksha means endurance. <coughs> So this is an important qualification to cultivate. What is to be cultivated? An endurance. What is meant by endurance? You know, in, in engineering they have an endurance test. How much a metal is able to endure the stresses and strains. So to what extent are we able to endure stresses and strains? That endurance is also something to be cultivated. That we don't get ruffled or disrupted or perturbed, you know, just by a little change that happens. The idea is that the life being what it is, life consists of what we call pairs of opposites. Now it is hot, then it is cold. And these pairs of opposites, what do they stand for? Heat is not cold, and cold is not heat. But the very same thing can be hot now, 
The very same thing can be cold then. The weather can be now hot and then cold. So idea here is a very beautiful idea, how they have analyzed the life. And they are showing us that everything has a potential of manifesting in totally opposite or contradictory manner. The very same weather which right now is pleasant, the very same weather can be unpleasant. The very same person who is at the moment agreeable, the very same person can be disagreeable. The very thing that I love right now, that very thing I can hate. A given thing which, is, which gives me joy at a given point in time can also give me pain at some other point in time. That's all. This is how life is. That everything has a potential of giving me pleasure and pain. A given situation can be conducive or non-conducive, agreeable or disagreeable. This is how, that's why it is called mithya. What is mithya? You can never really say that it is such and such. You cannot say that this thing is beautiful. What appears beautiful to one may appear ugly to someone else. What is conducive for someone may be just the opposite to other one. What is agreeable to one may be disagreeable to another one. Not only that, but what is agreeable to me at this time in this situation may be disagreeable to me in a given time, in, in, in another time, in another situation. That cup of coffee which I love at six o'clock in the morning may not necessarily be an object of love at two o'clock at night. You know, I'm fast asleep. Somebody pulls you from, oh, you love coffee. At two o'clock, suppose somebody pulls you from sleep and says, here is coffee. You're not going to like that. Because coffee is something that I like at a given time, in given situation, at a given place. Not in any place may I like coffee. You don't like coffee, drink coffee in, in a temple or a church or a place like that. So understand our likes and dislikes, or our ideas of agreeability and disagreeability, all of them are relative. A thing is agreeable all right, with reference to time, place and condition. In another time, another place, another condition, that very same thing, which is an object of love or agreeable, it can become an object of aversion also. Very same thing. How can it be? That's how creation is. If things were consistent, life would have been much easier. So easier. Predictable, well, it would have been easier. Science talks of predictability. Nothing in life is predictable. You can never predict anything. It's, that's why we have so much... We cannot predict ourselves. There's no way for me to say at night how I would feel when I wake up in the morning. Whether I'll be in mood, I'm not in mood, I cannot even say what I will be five minutes from now. Therefore, things are unpredictable. Human mind is unpredictable. The life is unpredictable. Life may not be unpredictable, but the way I respond to life is unpredictable. Our mind is unpredictable. What the mind likes in a given situation, it just hates in another situation. I hate it. Oh, I, I thought you loved it. I loved it at that time. Now I hate it. Oh, I said you hate, hate this. But I love it now, you know. And this is how things are. That is how our mind is. And therefore, life can be nothing but can be, can be considered to be a series of events which are either agreeable or disagreeable. And this, so this is where the endurance comes. 
when a given matter is subjected constantly to the variations, now hot and cold, and that is where if it endures, then we will accept that. Things can be very good in when they are heated, but they may fail when they are subjected to cold temperatures. Something may be good when they are cold, but may fail when they are subjected to he, uh, heat. And if you just break down, then it won't work. We cannot break down. So that alone is called endurance. Understand that the life is going to subject us constantly to this pass of opposites. Now agreeable, then I swell. Disagreeable, I shrink. I should not swell that I, 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 I burst out. I should not shrink, you know, that I completely, uh, that I die, you know, or I, I get destroyed. So, that the life, as we said, is a series of events, situations, conditions, circumstances, which may be either agreeable or disagreeable, in Sanskrit, anukula and pratikula. Anukula, agreeable, pratikula, disagreeable. Really speaking, situations are not agreeable or disagreeable. It is our mind, with a fanciful mind, which brands them as agreeable or disagreeable. Situations are what they are, world is what it is, people are what they are. It is my mind that now brands a given thing as agreeable, and it is my mind that brands another thing as disagreeable. When situation is agreeable, then also there is an impulse in me of, of joy or elation. And when the situation is disagreeable, there is another impulse in me of unpleasantness, unhappiness. So whether the situation is agreeable or disagreeable, in both the situations I react. Thing is, I react to both the situations. Understand that, that uh, the harsha or the, uh, the, the happiness that I feel when I meet with something that is agreeable is also a reaction. And the sadness or unhappiness that I feel when something I meet with something that is disagreeable also is a reaction. So generally speaking, our state of mind is governed not by ourselves, it is governed by situations, people, etc. If someone smiles at me, I'm happy. Someone does not smile at me, I'm unhappy. Someone speaks to me nicely, I'm happy. Does not speak to me, my mood is gone. In this case, we, that is why we get exhausted. People are exhausted, they get tired soon enough in life at by the age of 40 years, why? Only because constantly reacting to this. That metal, as I said, when subjected to heat and cold, someday fails. So, Tidiksha is translated here as endurance. We have to develop an endurance to the changing situations of life. Life, whether we like it or not, will present us to various situations. And the situations can be broadly classified as agreeable or disagreeable, as desirable or undesirable, as conducive or non-conducive, as pleasant and painful. Just at the physical level, the experiences can be comfort and discomfort, which can be called heat and cold. At the emotional level also, the experiences can be pleasure and pain. At the intellectual level, the experiences can be honor and dishonor. And one has to go through this. This is called prarabdha or destiny. Destiny will keep on bringing before us 
at the physical, emotional and intellectual levels all these opposing experiences. If a person is constantly subjected to pain, I think the person will get used to that. If you are constantly subjected to have pleasant pleasure, we'll get used to that. But now pleasure, then pain. And that is where we break down. Breaking down happens when, otherwise we get used to pain also. In countries like India, there is so much poverty and so much suffering is there. But people go on with their life. How? They get used to that. Like Marilyn gets used to that tent and cold. I, I, you know, we don't know how to survive in that. But well, when you live in a given situation, you get used to that. But what happens, if it is cold round the year, it's fine. But now it is cold, then it is warm, then it is hot. And once you get used to the comfort of the heat, then cold becomes very difficult. So similarly also in life, life is such that there is no consistency about it. There is no predictability in it. And therefore, constantly we are subjected to opposing situations. This is a fact of life. Even in a place like Gurukulam, forget about the life outside the world, where of course there is a tremendous amount of battle going on there. But even in a secluded life where there are few people living there and like-minded people living there, and even then, we are constantly subjected to what we call these opposing situations. And that is how life is. You cannot get away from that. Endurance. Endurance to be able to suffer. <coughs> Sahanam Sarvadukhanam. This verse is quoted here from Viveka Chudamani. Sahanam Sarvadukhanam Apratikara Purvakam Chinta Vilaparahitam Satitiksha Nigadyate. This translated here is quoted a verse from a text called Viveka Chudamani which defines what is known as Titiksha. There Shankaracharya in, in a text called Viveka Chudamani defines Titiksha. Sahanam Sarodukhana. The bearing or endurance of all Dukkha, all afflictions. Physical, emotional and intellectual afflictions will always will be faced with. Apratikara Purvakam. Without retaliating to them. We always retaliate to situations. Moment something becomes disagreeable, we want to make it agreeable. Moment I feel a little cold, raise that thermostat. I feel a little hot, you know, again, lower that thermostat. Time in the process of adjust, making adjustments to make the life agreeable to ourselves. And I tell you, one lifetime is not enough to make life agreeable. You know, I always like to tell that story of myself. When in the beginning when I came to the United States, and a friend of mine took me for a ride on a very beautiful scenic route. And uh, I was sitting on the rider's seat and he was driving. And he showed me that, look, now this car has an air conditioner and the weather control and you can control. You turn this knob and you can get the exact temperature, you know, comfort inside the car. So he, he showed me that knob. And that was a nice toy I had. And so I started turning the knob. And it was a little cold, so I turned it to make it a little warmer. And then it became warmer, all right, but then the sun started shining and it became too warm, so I just wanted to turn it down. 
All of a sudden the clouds came, became a little too cold, I turned up. Like that I went on turning up and down, turning that knob. After forty-five minutes my friend asked me, Hey, how did you like the ride? How did you, uh, how did you find the scenery? What scenery? Why we passed through such beautiful scenic road? So I didn't see anything. I was busy turning the knob. In life also we are busy turning these knobs. Try to make everything agreeable. People cannot accept the situation as it is. We want always things, you know, in, uh, uh, according to our likes. I remember when I was in ashram in Bombay, we were all given a room and it was fine, very, very comfortable, we thought. Then an American student came after about one year of, and our course was in progress. And he thought this was not there, shelves were not there, and then this was not there, and some heater was not there, and a stove was not there, and this was not there. After three months I went to his room, we turned into a big studio apartment and a kitchen, you know. He completely tra- changed his room, because all these things are required. Ultimately started cooking in his room, you know, because the food available in the kitchen was, uh, dining hall was, was not agreeable. So we have a breakfast of natural cereals and lunch of something else and dinner of some other. And that is how, but we are so busy in doing this that there is no time really to appreciate life as it is. So this is called pratikara, retaliation. To retaliate to the situation so that it becomes agreeable is not a good habit, that's all. If you're a little cold, little warm, all that. so develop the ability to suffer a little bit or endure. But because how can it ever happen that the temperature is perfectly agreeable to me? It cannot be. Even right now in this hall, there are people who may feel it is too cold, some people may feel it is too warm. I myself, after I start talking for 10 minutes, I feel it is warm, you know. When I come in, perhaps it is cold. And therefore, there can never be what we call a perfect situation. There can never be what we call an agreeable situation. And we have to accept this fact of life. There cannot be people who are going to be totally agreeable to us. Everyone is a combination of agreeability and disagreeability and therefore from the same person will encounter now an agreeable behavior and then a disagreeable behavior and we cannot we keep changing the people. Behave like this, do this, sit here, don't do that, keep on like when we raise our children also, keep on instructing them and trying to mold them, you know. And thus we want to change everything around so that everything is agreeable to me and it cannot be because even when I change things around according to my choice, my own mind fancy changes now. Now I don't like doing Spanish furniture and then six months is fine and it changes into some Mediterranean, something else, you know. Why? Because mind is so fanciful that what it likes now, it may dislike later. And therefore, apratikara sahanam saradukhanam, endurance of all the pain. Because if the situations are pleasant, nobody has to endure them, it's fine, you're happy. But endurance of all the pain, because pain is a fact of life. So you have to learn to endure pain at the physical level, at the emotional level, at the intellectual level. At the physical level, comfort, discomfort. Emotional level, emotional unpleasantness. At intellectual level, what we call censure or dishonor, whatever. We have to learn to accept them as facts of life. And you have to further understand also that it is my, my own mind that determines or that concludes a given situation to be unpleasant. 
my own mind that brands a given thing as dishonor. What is honor and what is dishonor? What is pleasant and what is unpleasant? What is happiness, what is unhappiness? All of these are simply fancies of mind. In the world there is no honor, there is no dishonor, there is no agreeable, no disagreeable. World is what it is. Because what is agreeable to one is disagreeable to another one. The very same food that makes me so happy, somebody may not even look at it. And vice versa. Many years ago I took a friend of mine to an Indian restaurant in New York. So, very beautiful, very, very good restaurant. They served very good Indian food. Often I used to go there. One day I took a friend of mine. And before we would enter the restaurant, I said, what is stinking here, you know? So what was, what was fragrance of food to me was stink to him, you know? <laughs> he would not even enter that place. So, what, after all, uh, what is... What is delicious, what is not delicious, what is good, what is... It all depends upon the mind and it depends upon the mood of the mind and therefore understand that it is our own mind that decides something agreeable, something is disagreeable, something is good, something is bad, something is right, something is wrong. These are all the fancies of our own mind and therefore we will not dance to the tune of the fancies of our mind. But ideally, as a wise man, as prarabdhaya samarpitam svavapuhu, who is a wise man who has delivered his vapuhu, is all body and himself, to prarabdha, to destiny. Whatever destiny does is fine to him. No interference with destiny at all. Now, that may not be practical for us, that you do not interfere. I don't say that when you walk out in the cold, that you don't wear your coat, etc. That's okay. But at the same time, don't become so sensitive that a little smile can disturb you for three days, a little, little frown on somebody's face can disturb me for one week, one statement from somebody can hurt me for one month. Don't become so sensitive. So I am very sensitive. That, that sensitivity is fine. It's nice to be sensitive to good things of life. Nice to be sensitive to feelings of others. Nice to be sensitive to the beauty of life. Nice to be sensitive. But this is not sensitivity. When I am prone to, easy, to getting hurt and to be disturbed and perturbed, it is not sensitivity. People call it sensitivity. It is not sensitivity. It is instability or lack of endurance. So, to be able, so that we can maintain a poise of mind in different situations, that's all we want. What is the relevance of this titiksha or endurance in the context of pursuit of knowledge? What is, the, what is the relevance? While pursuing the knowledge, as we said, I want a mind which is, which maintains, enjoys a certain poise, which enjoys an objectivity, which enjoys an equanimity. And if you have made our mind so sensitive, if you want to use that word, then it loses its balance and poise in every little situation. How is it ever going to be able to apply itself to study or contemplation? And therefore, endurance, sahanam sarudukhanam, apratigara purvakam, that tendency to retaliate. Somebody told me something, immediately I, uh, you know, I retaliate. He, he told me one sentence, I tell him three. He gave me one slap, I give him three. He did me something, immediately retaliation. This retaliation is not a good thing. Swamiji, that means I would just become vegetable. You know? People are afraid. What will happen if you don't retaliate? This is a retaliating society anyway. And therefore,
But if you feel that by not... There is a story of a snake, you know. There was one saint in India. This is a famous story. And uh, a snake came as a disciple, you know, before this wise person. So he was advised, wise person advised, don't bite anybody, don't sting anybody, don't kill anybody, non-violence, you know, snake was advised non-violence. Fine, that say snake returned in three days to the same wise man and say, look, now I don't retaliate at all and people keep on throwing stones at me, they keep on bothering me. Then the sage said, I told you that you should not bite anybody. That does not mean that you should not make a show, at least all right. You can make a show, you know, of biting, but don't bite, don't hurt anybody. Meaning, don't retaliate from within. If the life requires it in your, in your day-to-day conduct, that you have to take a certain stand and, and, and do a few things in life, you may do that. But internally, there should not be a spirit of retaliation or hurting somebody. That's all we are saying. You may be pragmatic, all right, but not, not aggressive, or not retaliating. This aggressiveness, retaliation, etc., with which we are brought up, they are all against the very thing that we are seeking. <coughs> Atma is not aggressive. Atma does not retaliate. Lord Krishna says, Samoham Sarabhuteshu Namedveshyosinapriya I abide equal in all the beings, whether a saint or a sinner. The self equally abides everywhere. It imparts existence, awareness, everything to everybody equally whether it's a tiger or a lamb. So there is no discrimination at all there. So similarly also in our life, there is no aggressiveness, retaliation, etc. This is what is meant by tetiksha. Otherwise what happens? Very often, outwardly, we put up with a lot of things. And very often people interpret tetiksha as putting up with things. In India, this titiksha is very common, putting up with situations. Therefore, don't react, don't retaliate. If you are insulted, you know, put up, women in particular, you know, they are subjected to all kinds of unpleasant situations, they put up with it. And so they endure, they suffer, let us say. But it's not merely suffering, but without retaliation. If I am putting up with it outwardly, but inwardly if I resist it, or inwardly I... Dis, I, I um, inwardly I react to it, then that is not what we call tetiksha. That the mind becomes free from retaliation even inwardly. Chinta vila parahidam sa tetiksha nigadyade. There is no chinta meaning anxiety, vilapa meaning lamentation. So that endurance free from anxiety, lamentation, retaliation, outwardly or inwardly. This attitude is called so that will enable us to enjoy a poise of mind even in what we call disagreeable situations. That life will bring disagreeable situations at the physical level, emotional level, intellectual level. And that we maintain a poise of mind. We do not get perturbed, we do not get disturbed, we do not react, we do not retaliate. This is this particular Value is called Tetiksha. <coughs> Says Lord Krishna in Bhagavad Gita, Jatasya hi dhruva mruttihu dhruva janma mruttasya cha tasmada parihariya se 
Natvam Shoshitu Marhasi. So the one who is born is going to die. And one who is dead will be born again perhaps. Aparihariyerthe. When you cannot change. See, this life presents before us situations. Some of which we can change. Or we can do something about. All right, you may do. But there are many things about which we cannot do because they are not in our control. And so it starts raining, what can you do? It is snow, what can you do? And so when there are situations the life presents which are not in our control, accept them cheerfully or pleasantly. And if in a given situation you feel that something can be done about it to improve the situation, fine, go ahead and do that. So titiksha or endurance does not necessarily mean that we become totally uh, unresponsive to a situation. That's not the idea. That I don't respond to a situation, that is not what is meant by titiksha or endurance. That I do not react to a situation. My response can be there free from reaction, that is fine. But not reacting outwardly or inwardly. And being able to absorb these shocks that the life present before us, to endure the pleasure and pain, etc., endure the, uh, the uh, discomfort, the pain, etc., which comes, this is called titiksha. And that is very important because we all, wherever we are, we always are related to the world. It may be a few, even if a person lives in a forest by himself, then also there will be some trees and some animals and sun and moon and rain and things are there with which you have to relate. And when we relate, we find that what we are relating with is not always agreeable to us. In which case, we have to learn to accept the disagreeable situations also with a poise of mind. This is called Tritiksha. <coughs> then the... Uh, here it says, Sharira dharmasya sitoshnadehe tajjanya sukhudukhadehe sharirasya tyaktima shakyatvat suprakasya sidrupe svatmanita sitoshnadehe atyanda bhavat in the vivekadipena mithyabhutasya sitoshnadehe dvandasya yatsahanam Oh, his, his goes. Uh, this titiksha is taught by Lord Krishna in Bhagavad Gita also to Arjuna. Says Matras Parshastu Kaunteya Shitoshna Sukhadukhadaha Agama Paino Nityaha Tam Stitikshasu Bharata. Hey Arjuna, whenever you come in contact with the world, whenever there is a contact of the sense organs with the sense objects, an experience will happen. Whenever my organs of perception, come in contact with the objects and people and situations of the world, an experience will happen. Which experience will be either pleasant or unpleasant. Tam stitikshasva. May you endure all of this without reaction. Agama apainaha. Know fully well that no situation is permanent. An unpleasant situation also is impermanent. It comes, will go away. Therefore, don't lose your heart when the situation is unfavorable or unpleasant. Nor may you get so elated when the situation is pleasant, knowing fully well that that also will go. Agama apainaha. The things of the world are that they come and they go. So pleasure also comes and goes. Pain also comes and goes. Knowing that, tamsitikshasva. In the second verse, Lord Krishna says, Nasato vidyate bhavah. Nabhavavidyate satah, ubhayorbidhishtondah, tvanayos tattvadarshimihi. 
Here, Arjuna, what is the seat and cold and pleasure and pain and honor and dishonor? There are no such things. They're all mithya. After the world, that's a very high level of thinking. That after the world is mithya. Mithya means not real. And therefore, the situations created by the world are also not real. Therefore, the reactions of pleasure and pain arising are also not real. And thus, may you make your mind focus upon the reality and thus be, become free from the influence that the unreal things create on you, which is a difficult thing, but that's the final level of tetiksha. This is all mithya. What does it matter how mithya is? The arrangements are all in the reality which is called mithya. Agreeable is also mithya. Disagreeable also is mithya. In that case, by that vivek of discrimination also, when one is able to dismiss them, that is called tidiksha. But in short, tidiksha means maintaining, as we said, a poise of mind, an equanimity of mind under different situations which are pleasant and unpleasant. Because that is how life is and you cannot change the, the, the nature of things. You cannot change the nature of things. You can't change people. You cannot change situations. You cannot change weather. You cannot change anything. At the moment, you can change yourself and to some extent you can change some people who may be under your influence. Other than that, you cannot change anything. And knowing that, we realize that, that is everything is created by God. And God presents different situations before us and we look at it that way. Okay, it is Lord who has given me unpleasant situation. Fine. There must be a purpose behind it. I accept it. And whatever I can learn from that experience, I learn and shake it off. Inability to shake off also the unpleasant things is a very important ability. This is called tadiksha or endurance. <coughs> Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavantau Punaf Punaha Ishvaro Gururatmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Hari Om